listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, by the way, share it if you haven't shared it yet. We want to talk, you saw it in the title, um, the thing that nobody wants to talk about. That's what we're dealing with today. The thing that nobody wants to talk about. And um, we're going to get into, by the way, Galatians chapter 5 is our opening text. If you want to go to Galatians 5, I hope you have your Bible. Hope you got a pad. Hope you got a pen. Oh. Notes in the phone. You can't talk to people. Like at oh, reply people. At reply That's people. why. No, you can. I've done it. Oh. I think you can do it. I think you click on there. Can't you, Tiff? At reply people in the comments on YouTube? Or only if you're the broadcaster? She says, she says I, don't, I know. don't know. What do you think I am? An answer machine? <laughs> Where she is, though. I want to, she is an answer machine. She's Let from me the see 1990s, do it. answering machine. Hold on, Eric. Beep, leave a message. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> no, it looks like... It doesn't like, notify wait, or anything. I think you YouTube have to put like... YouTube does notify you if you've subscribed to the channel, I thought, right? Oh, yeah, they notify you for sure. You can type it, but Facebook pulls in threads. Oh, I got you. I can put a user in timeout <laughs> on YouTube. I can put one of you. I almost put Eric Ferrer in timeout. I'm not doing it, Eric. We're just going to test it on you, Eric. Um, yeah. I know. I don't know, Paul. Uh. It's Paul, I know. Um, take a minute to share it. Let's jump in. Galatians 5 is where we're starting. The thing nobody wants to talk about, let's deal with it. The thing we're talking about, we're going to get into the fruit of the spirit, but one in, sp- in particular, which is so vital, um, we're talking about self-control. Now, this is huge, and you're going to want to stick around to the very end because we're going to show you something that may blow your mind today. Um, but when you look through the fruit of the spirit, and we're in Galatians 5, and we're starting with verses 22 and 23, where the Bible lists what the fruit of the spirit actually are. There's nine of them. Um, but one of the things that I, I find very interesting is that when you read the fruit of the spirit through, you know, we know that they are, and this is huge of the spirit, right? Remember that they are of the spirit fruit of that means that it takes his help for you to do any of these. Remember that it takes his help for you to do any of these. So (laughs) this might seem simple. It might, it might seem like a stupid thing to say, but I don't think people get this. And that's why I want you to write it in the comments. (laughs) I can't operate in the fruit of the spirit without the help of the spirit. I mean, like that sounds elementary, but please put that in the comments. You know what? (laughs) Just, seen the way people have acted in this last year very elementary yeah for people so this kind of stuff does not need to be turned off or shrugged because the way people have acted just goes to show you how little people know of the word of god they're all like oh i know the fruit of the spirit i had that poster in my kids class when i grew up it's like yeah don't think you know it no well it's true (laughs) but i mean think think about that thought for a moment I can't operate in the fruit of the spirit without the help of the spirit. That's why it's of the spirit. Think about this love. For example, 
in my flesh, if I live by the flesh, right? That's why the Bible says, if you'll walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If I'm in my flesh, I will do what my flesh wants to do, which is, for example, I'll love those that love me. I'll, I'll be kind to those that are kind to me. The flesh can do that. But what about those that hate you? What about those that talk about you? What about those that insult you? What about those that want to fight you? Are you able to walk in love towards idiots? <laughs> like people that literally go out of their way to get under your skin. Do you have that ability? Not in the flesh you don't. Not in the flesh you don't. That's why you have to understand. It takes, which is why, by the way, Jesus said, anybody can love their friends. Even sinners can do that. But can you love your enemies? That's why Jesus taught this. Can you love your enemies? Not without the help of the Holy Ghost, you can't. And so they're fruit of the spirit. So understand this, that without his help, I can't walk in love 24 seven. Can't, I just can't do it. If I don't have the Holy ghost, if he's, if I'm not relying on his power, it's just like everyone's talking about the gifts of the spirit, working miracles, doing all these things. Yeah, do all that. But here's the thing. Paul said, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. And I can't even walk in love without the help of the Holy ghost. Same with joy. Same with peace, same with patience, all of these things, right? We talk about walking in the flesh. If we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Right. So without the Holy Spirit's help, none of these things are even possible. They're not even possible. I mean, so the reason I bring this up, by the way, is because anytime people start to talk about self-control, you know, people will get on there like religious people will get on. Oh, well, he's, he's teaching one of those self-help messages. It's not self-help because understand something. You can't have true self-control without the help of the Holy Ghost. So if, if it was something that was self-help, it wouldn't be a fruit of the spirit. <laughs> I mean, it's so let's, so let's read it by the way, Galatians five and the Bible says in verses 22 and 23, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. So understand there's a reason it's listed under the fruit of the spirit because it need, you need the Holy ghost just to have it, just to have it. Even Paul, did you know that Paul was teaching on there are things that I want to do for the Lord that my flesh doesn't want to do them. And I'm battling inside myself. I'm battling all the time about doing what I should do for the Lord and not being able to do what I should do for the Lord. By the way, are you, are you in Galatians five right now? Yeah. What does verse uh, 17 say? If you read verse 17, the sinful nature, nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. See, now, now think how powerful that, ver that one verse is. One verse. Uh, listen to it again from the, from the ESV. Uh, the Bible says the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. They're fighting against each other. 
and the desires of the spirit against the flesh. And these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, hold on a second. Think about this for a moment. It says to keep you from doing the things you want to do. This, by the way, is talking to Christians. And so you know what he's saying, don't you? The real you is your spirit, man, right? The real you is your spirit, not your whole body. The real you is your spirit. That's why he's saying that now that you're a Christian, the Galatians he's writing to are Christians. He's saying your spirit, man, the real you wants to please the Lord, but it's your flesh desires that fight against it to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Paul, that's not the only time he separates the flesh from the spirit in personality. He does it in first Corinthians nine, when he says, I keep my body under or I discipline my body on a daily basis, making it do what it should. Isn't it interesting? Paul separates his body from himself and says, I, who's he talking about when he says I, my spirit, the real me, I control or discipline my body on a daily basis. So Paul, same thing he's saying to the Galatians here, flesh and spirit fighting against each other is the same thing he says in 1 Corinthians 9, is that I'm the one, my spirit, that has to be in control of my body and my mind. Paul taught plenty about the mind, but notice what it takes to do that. He tells us in Galatians 5, they are fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yep. If we don't have his help, we will never live like Christ. How can you even have the fruit of the spirit if you don't have the spirit like you said at the beginning? That's right. Because it says, but the Holy Spirit produces. So if you don't have, if you don't have the producer. You won't get the production. So, uh, I mean, it, it just shows you hand in hand that you have to have that first. And then, yes, it's always something we have to work on. But, you know, even though the, the way the, the Bible orders it yeah. and it says self-control last. Last. That's right. Self-control, really, the other stuff follows self-control. Yes. So you, so you have to work on the self-control part mm-hmm. that we're talking on and getting in depth about in order for the other stuff to follow. Absolutely. And here, that's why I say, if you've ever heard me teach on it, the reason I always say self-control of the nine is the most important fruit of the spirit. The reason I say that now, now, now here's why I say it. Cause I know people would argue with me and say, well, Paul said the greatest of all these is love. You know, love endures forever. Love in the first Corinthians, he teaches on this, uh, love is, is but remember something without self-control, as I explained a moment ago, you won't even walk in love. Now I'm going to show you in this in a second. That's why I wanted you to share this. We're going to show you one of the ways that many people, many Christians could be free from sickness and disease. Many Christians could be free from poverty and lack. Many Christians could be free from divorce and broken relationships. Many Christians, I mean, all these issues that plague America and the world, we're going to show you from scripture just through one element, how many people could be completely free from the things that plague them if they'd operate in the fruit of the spirit. It'll be mind blowing because I don't think people think this way. We were talking about it before the broadcast started. Everybody wants to have someone to blame for their problems. Well, the reason that happened is because he did this or she said this or that. 
Everybody wants to have somebody to blame when it comes to the problems in their life. But true maturity as a believer is first introspective and says, okay, hold on a second. Because I know that I am in control of my actions in my life, because I know that I have the help of the Holy Spirit and he leads and guides me, the question I'm going to ask first is, what choices have I made that are taking me? If I believe in seed time and harvest, I know that every choice is a seed. Everything I do, everything I release from my life is a seed. And because of that, because of that, I know that my harvests are coming from my actions, right? My seeds are producing my harvests. My actions are producing my outcomes. So if I know that as a mature Christian, I'm talking to mature people, talking to the victory tribe today, then I understand something. Number one, the majority of what happens in my life is happens because of my own choices and actions being led by the spirit, not being led by the spirit, obeying the word, not obeying the word, using wisdom, not using wisdom. It's my area of what am I doing? See, I've heard people this say this, and you, you've, you've heard it too. If I don't like where I'm at today, then I need to change two things. What I do, or, or we could say it this way, so it's more, more alliteration, what I say and what I sow. Those are the two things. If we don't like where we're at today, change what you say, change what you sow. Absolutely. Your confession and your actions. Is everything. It puts you, I, ever since you said that years ago, when you said, if you don't like where you are today, you said, you can talk yourself in your future and end up in a truck stop bathroom, or you could talk yourself in your future, end up at the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. Two outcomes so you give you a two visual. Outcomes, but like you said, people don't want to take the responsibility. Listen up. Christianity, it's our responsibility. Yeah. Jesus has done everything that he's going to do for us. So we now are in the position of taking and operating mm-hmm. at what he has already done. So true. That's something important she just said right there. Catch this. This is so important. Jesus has already done everything he's going to do for us. Everything. Stop We're right there and, and let that else. sink into your spirit. He's not going to do anything else for us. So well, he, he won't heal me. He's already healed you. That's the point I'm trying to get across. She, the, it's so important. She said that because there's two things. You can either blame other people or the reason that people complain or say like, well, the reason I haven't got my breakthrough yet, it's either they say, well, it's other people's fault why I'm going through this. Or they'll say this. Well, God knows. And in his timing, he's really going to bring me out. He's already brought you out. And as Andrew said here on YouTube, uh, can you scroll down just just a second to Andrew? Yep. He said, it's not always the devil. Sometimes it's you being comfortable with being complacent. And let me say a lot of times it's not the devil. That's right. Most of the time. He, he has very few little resources True. like when he left listen people think you know he's got backed by this great army of demons and uh, you know that are everywhere when he was kicked out of heaven along with the angels that decided to side up with him that was it that's all that's all he's got that's all he's got 
He's not a creator. He never was one, and he never will be. That's right. So he did not get kicked out of heaven, and now he's created more demons and more this, and he's he's loosed this big thing. You know, you get this picture and the battle and, you know, the devil, and he's coming with his legions of whatever. It's like, no, he hasn't created anything else. So he's got very little resources. That's right. And so when we go and all day long, it's the devil was after me. The devil was after me. The devil probably doesn't even know your name. (laughs) And so don't, it's the choices we have made. It's things we've said. What we've believed has put us in the position that we're in. What you believe is everything. everything. What you say is everything. Everything. That's what it says in Mark. That's a big thing, you know, that um, Kenneth Hagin always preached on. Even um, Kenneth Copeland, they always said in Mark, it's believing and saying. Those are the two main things that put you at the position and where you are in your placement in life. So it is a hard thing to swallow and say, you know, because a lot of time pride gets in. Mm -hmm. So you think, you know, shoot. I am where I am. I don't like this. Yeah. I put myself here. Right. But like you said, the mature, the victory tribe, putting on our big girl boy pants today. Yeah. We're going to have to swallow this hard pill and be like, listen, okay, something I don't like, Lord, how can I fix it? Right. Not always pointing the finger. It's your fault, God. Oh, the devil's after me. It's like, no, where did I go wrong? What instruction Man. did I miss? Let me. But the thing is, the good thing is, we can fix it instantly and get back on the right path. That's what you just said there is such, it's hard because it's such a mature way of thinking that most people don't want to do it. And I I understand there's different levels of maturity in the body of Christ. I get that. But most people don't want that to be their way of thinking. How can I make things? It's, it's always because it's easier. I mean, right. It's easier to be like, well, the reason I'm battling so much of this insecurity and so much of this, uh, I don't have any peace is because these people, it's because these people, the reason I'm on and, 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 and the mature person says, I always have an action. I always have a choice. I can cut that off. I can close this door. I can make this change. I can do that thing. And the word of God says the Holy Spirit empowers you to have self-control to do these things. So we get into talking about real quick before yeah, I move on. It. I just want to say that like when I truly got that revelation of it's not that I always blamed everybody else until I got this. But when I really like I said, when you get a revelation, it's like a you can just I can see it like a vision in my mind of this separation. But when I really got what we are saying, taking responsibility was until I got married because You know, when you get married, you come from two different people that, you know, were raised similar, but there are differences. So you have to learn to work with certain personalities and fix things here. And I remember thinking, you know, you always used to pray, Lord, I'm not the only one, but you're always like, fix, fix that person. Lord, change them. Lord, do this. Lord, do that on that person. And then I realized that like I the Holy Spirit corrected me and said, you need to find out what you need to fix. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like take that responsibility, not always pointing the finger, but like, what is it that I need to work on Lord? What is it that I need to mold? What I need to change, what my reaction needs to be. Right. So once I got that, I moved that into all other areas to be like, if I don't like something, what is it, Lord, that I need to do? Right. What did I, instruction did I miss? What? Where is it? 
so I don't do that again. Yeah. You know, it's smart to, if you, people make mistakes. The smart people have just done it once. Right. Well, listen to this, because here's the danger of a lack of self-control. In Proverbs 25 and verse 28, listen to what the Bible says about this. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So let, let me let me break that down again. A man without self-control, that means a woman too, is like a city broken into and left without walls. What is a city, especially in the time frame this was written? What is a city without walls? A city without walls is an unguarded city. A city without walls is a city in danger. Because that, what that means is now there's no buffer of protection between you and any enemy that's coming at you. Think about that for a second. A city without walls means there's no buffer of protection between you and any enemy that's coming against you. And that's a man or woman without self-control. So let's break it down practically so that we're not just talking in uh, theoretical terms. Let's start with talking about health because one of the things that we know to be true, and I, I say this as a disclaimer all the time, right? I am not, my wife can attest to this and she'll shake her head. I'm not any kind of a role model of nutrition or health. I'm not. I would not shake. Well, I mean, my it's true. I'm you. not. You know, you've heard me many times talk about being in the Taco Bell drive-through and spending sixty dollars on tacos and all this stuff. I'm not trying to purport myself. Who to hasn't? Be, <laughs> lots of people. I'm not trying to purport myself to be any kind of health specialist or nutrition expert. I'm not. But I have to do also say what the Bible says, which is, and it's convicting to me as well. I was going to say the Lord's work done. Right. On it. For sure. You. And, and one of the things we start to realize, health, okay? Let's talk about health for a second. Ooh, health, subject. Health is crazy because people want to always believe, well, I just, I, just need, I just need God's healing power. And we do need his healing power. No question. But when you start to realize <laughs> that the, if you look at like a healing prayer line in a church service, if 50% of the people would not even be in the line if they used self-control, a fruit of the spirit, uh, not a supernatural lifestyle, not, just walked in self-control. They're telling us now 50% of the people in hospitals are in hospitals because of metabolic problems. In fact, I had this pulled up this morning. I want to just read it to you. Check this out. This is an article from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So it's on unc.edu. This is the health article that they released. It says this, oh, this is mind blowing. Now this is not some fringe website. It's UNC Chapel Hill. Only 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. Their study finds only 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. What does that mean? It means that uh, only 12% of Americans aren't in the place where they'll end up with diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension, heart disease, cancers, all of these things that come out of metabolic problems. That's insane. Only 12% of 
what, 7 billion people in the world? Well, this, oh, is, well, Americans. this is America. 330 million people. So only 12% of 330 million people are actually in a place where they're metabolically healthy. This is why, by the way, this will blow your mind. This is why they're telling us now 100 million Americans right now are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. 100 million are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. That, if you think about this, that doesn't just come on you. In fact, I read a study this morning. Remember this. Doctors are telling us now of everybody in the nation who has diabetes, 95% of them have type two, only 5% have type one, which would be like what, uh, uh, um, what do they call it? Childhood obesity or childhood obesity. What do they call that? When you're born with, uh, it's like a genetic diabetes that you're born with. Do you know what that's called, Tiff? Genetic diabetes? No, it's not called that. <laughs> it's called something else. Um, but type one is, you know, the kind you're born with. They're telling us Google that 95% <laughs> of people with diabetes have type two, adult onset diabetes. So what that means is they did it to themselves. They did it. Diabetes self kills more people than COVID. So, so what, what are we saying? Proverbs 25. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Any enemy that wants to attack can attack at will because you have no juvenile diabetes. Juvenile. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they have no ability to withstand it. So now 50% of people in hospitals are for metabolic problems. You've got heart disease, hypertension. You've got type 2 diabetes. No, you've got gestational is when you're pregnant. Yeah, that's, when you're, that's yeah. when you're pregnant. But when you come back and you understand even problems in your, uh, your uh, joints, arthritis, all these things, cancers, they're all problems that can be handled by using wisdom. But nobody wants to do it. We want to do what's easy. And so as, as a result, what happens, we don't have self-control. Um, we have a nation that's ultimately, they've proven this, ultimately a sedentary nation. We have a, a sit-around lifestyle. You know, we don't exercise our hearts, all those things. And that sounds like self-help. It's not. It's biblical wisdom. It's biblical wisdom. The temple of the Holy Ghost. To being a steward of the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's just pure wisdom. And so even Paul said to Timothy, physical exercise profits a little. But look what he was comparing it to. Godliness. Well, nothing compares to godliness. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Well, of course it is. Nothing's going to compare to godliness, but even Paul had to admit physical exercise does profit you. Why? It's only taking care of, of, of you in the temporal time while you're here on the earth, but it's this, you're a steward of the temple of the Holy ghost. So imagine the prayer lines in church being cut by 50% because people used wisdom and didn't do the things, you know, it's funny when you grow up in, in like a holiness church. You grow up in Pentecostal church. They preach hard against sin. Man, they preach against smoking cigarettes. They preach against drugs. They obese. preach against all those things. They never touch. Uh, um, because the preachers obesity are usually or what's, obese. What's the, what's the term there? If you're an overeater, gluttony. the sin of gluttony. They never touch on that. They, you know, we grew up Pentecostals. The only thing we were allowed to do was eat. You know, we can't go to the movies. We can't play cards, can't do anything, but we could eat. And that's what we always did, but it's not touched on. But notice, note, if we want to talk about, because what do they always point to? It's destroying the temple, the Holy Ghost, cancers, cigarettes, destroy the temple, drugs, destroy the temple, you know, all these different things. But one of the things we're seeing now in America 
is what's really killing Christians. What's really killing Christians above everything else? Heart disease, type two diabetes, strokes, all these, all these, all these issues. It's not cigarettes that's killing Christians. It's not drugs that's killing Christians. It's not all the, it's, it's the thing that we're talking about today. It's the thing the Bible talks about that you've got to be a person of self-control. You know, just because your flesh says, I want something doesn't mean you give it to your flesh. That's a big, that's, I mean, that sounds elementary, but just because your flesh says, I want that doesn't mean you give it to it. No. Your flesh will want a lot of things. When you were saying healthy, I immediately thought, cause I did a podcast on being healthy in your body. And I thought of third John too, dear friend, I hope all is well with you that you are healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Yes. So if you're strong in the spirit with the fruits of the spirit and self-control, you will stay strong and healthy in your body. Absolutely. Even though he's saying, like you said before, uh, physical exercise isn't as important. It's, it's still be here in the spirit will lead you to do the right thing for your body. Well, think about this. And we've talked about this and we've talked about it on the broadcast. What do we think God wants us to do? Be a, a, a minister for him, an agent for change from the kingdom for a short period of time or a long period of time. Right. I think of the sad stories like doctor, uh, like doctor, like uh, evangelist Jack Coe, who was a powerful man of God. I mean, you go back and watch Jack Coe's revivals during the voice of healing under the tent, massive tent, you know, tens of thousands of people coming to hear him preach and see God move and work miracles and signs and wonders. Some of the most amazing miracles you've ever seen. But uh, Jack Coe, I believe, died before he was 40 years old, died before 40. He was extremely uh, overweight, not healthy, you know, living in that way and died. Now, was that God's plan for his man to die before 40? You better believe it was not. Right. Was it not God's plan for that man to minister long and strong? Of course it was. But when you remove wisdom from the equation, then you're a city with broken down walls and any enemy that wants to take you out, takes you out because you've got no buffer of defense. No question that God wanted Jack Coe to minister long and strong. And there were people that even felt in the spirit to talk to him and to speak to him, to correct him. I have a collection of the life works of Dr. John G. Lake, who was a powerful man of God, turn of the last century, late 1800s, early 1900s. I have a letter that he wrote to another minister, (laughs) to another minister, rebuking him for being overweight in the letter. I mean, think about doing that today. People would be so offended. But he actually wrote to him, and this is what he said, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but this is, this is pretty close to the exact thing. He said, when I was with you last, you were eating too much meat and manifestly you were too fat. <laughs> Dr. John G. Lake, who was started as a medical doctor, became a preacher and an apostle, wrote a letter to another minister and rebuked him for his weight level. I mean, you know, and did it in the anointing. So, I mean, you think about the fact that um, there are, there are things we have to look at, but it's true. Taking care of the temple. That's what the word of God says. You have to realize this is a borrowed vessel bar uh, yes, it's, that we're stewarding it, it, that we are required to take care of. And so you think about things you lend out, let's say you've got a, an expensive iPad or laptop and you borrow it to your friend. 
you obviously want anything you've lent to somebody to come back in the same quality that it was given. Yeah. And so you have to look, I look at it as that. This is a temple. This is a borrowed vessel. This is just an earth suit. Right. But while we're here, we need to take care of what belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to me. I shouldn't trash it. I need to take care of it. Yep. I should hold it in and, and, and high standard. Mm -hmm. You know, people get the pride thing mixed up with that. But it, this is something that we need to uh, hold in high standard totally. for the Lord. We're a representation. How can we represent the Lord battling obesity and the sin of gluttony, you can't. Well, what ends up you happening can't. is you this. You become a bad witness. What ends up happening is this. If I look at myself and realize this, and I don't, I don't feel any issue at all with saying this. I know it's the truth. Myself, the three-part being that I am, my spirit, soul, and body, is the most important asset that I have. You know, I, I, you'll hear me say on the broadcast, time is your most valuable asset. That's included because it's what I do with my spirit, soul, and body. It's me. None of my possessions matter like me, like I matter. None of her possessions matter like she matters. Because here's the thing. You can have the most powerful spirit. You can have the most in tune spirit. I mean, you can see miracle signs and wonders like Jack Coe did. But you can also die before you're 40. Because although you're powerful in spirit, you are a city with broken down walls. And so you can't run long and strong. And so what you really do by your own choices and by your own um, uh, actions is you cut God's plan short because you don't let him use him for the, use you for the full extent he wanted to use you. And so understand that one of the things we are our most valuable asset. So well, what about the Lord? I am one with him. My spirit's united with Christ. The Holy Spirit dwells. That's why I'm saying Paul actually had to remind the Corinthian church. Don't you know that your body is the temple? He didn't say your spirit's the temple. He didn't say your mind is the temple. He said your body. And, and by the way, this is in context because what's Paul reminding them to do? Don't join your body to prostitutes. Don't join your, don't join your body to uh, the, those that are not um, believers, unequally yoked. He's actually talking about that. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And in fact, when he talks about some of those sins, what does he say? He said, other sins are sin, yes, but these sins are sins against your own body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's making that point that you got to keep in mind. This right here is the house of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I always tell people like this. Imagine if we had Jesus coming to stay at our house. Do you think we'd throw him in some basement room with like a, a moldy mattress? You know, down there smells like pee. Like we don't have a basement that smells like pee. We don't even have a basement, but imagine. But, or would you get, or would you clean out the mat? I'll tell you what most people would do if they knew for a fact Jesus was coming to their house. I would clean out the master bedroom. I'd recarpet it. I know people would do like I'd make sure the best of the best work. was in there. I'd make sure he had everything he wanted. I'd make sure it was pristine. I'd, you know, you think about that. Think about what they do if the president's coming to stay at a place or a dignitary. They give them the best of the best. But if it was Jesus, imagine, you would do that. You'd make sure he was staying in the best possible room, clean, brand new carpet, brand new sheets, brand new everything, painted fresh, beautiful. Now think about your body. 
that is the permanent home while we're here of the Holy Ghost in the body of Christ. He lives in our bodies. What are you giving him to live in? What are you giving him to live in? Think about that. And that's key. Don't you know, Brian just put the scripture on YouTube, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Don't you know that you're the temple of God, that the spirit of God dwells in you? He does. So imagine this. We're talking about number one, with your health. Imagine how many things, do you know how many people that call, that when we come up for prayer, say, would you pray for me? I have diabetes. Pray for me. I have high blood pressure. Pray for me. I have arthritis. Pray for me. I, and they go through the right. things that are metabolic things. Joint pain. Joint pain, arthritis. Imagine if we just took steps to value what God's given us, look at it as the temple and say, I'm going to take actions of wisdom and obedience to guard my temple. Absolutely. Then, then your faith uh, is going towards other things that you're believing for. And think about that. You're you not can just now sitting there. What yeah, God's called you, you can to do, do other things. You can believe, you know, you're, you're not over here working on, I, am, I, I need to feel better, believing for healing, you know, this and that. Yeah. Cause now your main focus is on getting your body back on track when he's called you to do other things. Well, think about it. When you're incapacitated by sickness and disease, when you're incapacitated by sickness and disease, you have to focus inward now because I need to be delivered or healed before I can go out now and focus outwardly on my Christianity and give what I have to the world because sickness and disease incapacitates you. It gets you looking for an answer before you can bring an answer to somebody else. You, you see what I mean? And so you're, really what it does is it either pauses or hinders your purpose. It either pauses your purpose or it hinders your purpose. And so what you end up having happen is I can't fully fulfill my call because of what's going on in me. I need a touch before I can bring a touch. And so this is what, why you see this. If we used wisdom, there would be no time wasted on saying, I need the touch before I can bring a touch. I would be running long and strong with an answer. And so that's what you start to realize is every believer has a purpose. Every believer has a calling and God wants you to be able to be impactful and effective in your calling and not have to have pauses or hindrances on the path to doing what he's called you to do. No question about it. Um, it's, it doesn't just affect people's health. It also affects them financially. We see that all the time. You know, it's funny to me, and we'll talk about this. I've heard preachers make fun of, of people like uh, Dave Ramsey. Throw your hand in the comments if you know who Dave Ramsey is, financial uh, planner and, and give advisor. You've seen it. Throw your hand in the comments if you've heard of Dave Ramsey, you know who he is. You know, churches sometimes will use Financial Peace University that he's created, Total Money Makeover, whatever. It's funny to me. Because I've actually heard preachers mock Dave Ramsey from the pulpit. And they'll talk about, you know, that's a natural way. That's a natural way of, of, of gain. Of, and then, then they talk about, you don't need to be doing that. You need to be walking in the supernatural way of abundance. prosperity. Here's the problem with that. You can't just have supernatural if you don't have the natural down. I'll give you an example of what I mean. There are people that'll try to do everything. You know, let me, let me ask you a question. What good does it do to tithe and to give 
if when your harvest comes back, you're still a fool, like the Bible says, and spend everything you have. The Bible says a fool spends all that he has. A fool, not a wise person, a fool. So what good does it do to tithe and give and have increase come back and then squander all of it and spend it all? You're still going to be in a place of difficulty. And, and, and absolutely, I see so many Christians at that place. You know, when the tax return came back, everybody's got new shoes, new sunglasses, new clothes because they spent it all. My God, my tax return. I'm going shopping. Because it's a blessing. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, it's your money. Forget that the fact that they're giving your, your own money back. <laughs> but, but think about this without <laughs> self control. But say, but it, here we go again. It's all connected because there it goes with your health. So here you are with bad health because of lack of self-control. And then now your money that comes in is now spent on getting your health better. Which, Medicine, which it, which it wouldn't doctors, have to be. all of that. If we just started with the self-control part, mm -hmm. taking care of our temple. Yep. And then when the money comes in, you've got things to do where the, the Bible actually instructs you how to Powerful. do your money. Well, it's like you think of Mark your 5. Your tithe, your offering, taking care of people, buying things for people, taking care of children, taking yep. care of widows. Orphans and We widows. have a, a requirement not only to just, you know what I mean? Like he gives us instruction what to do with our money. It's not just when it comes to us, 10% is his and the rest is, oh, it's the rest is just ours to do whatever we want with. No, there's further instruction past the tithe on what our money is supposed to be given to. Totally. And you th think she's making a perfect example that we see in Mark chapter five. Every one of you watching, I'm sure have read the story or heard it preached of the woman with the issue of blood. What does the Bible say happened to her because of her sickness and disease? She spent all that she had on medical care, doctors and nurses, and grew nothing better, but grew worse. And so one of the things that happens when you're constantly going through physical battles is you got money going out all the time on medical bills. Just imagine the money you'd save on medical bills if you were healthy and strong all the time. That's just one aspect. But look at now, look at the other aspect of finances. What if you had people that operated in self-control and literally, uh, you know, what we're talking about, for example, you've got people there, you know, they're spendthrifts. The Bible speaks against that. They just spending money all the time. Anytime money comes in, it goes out. It doesn't matter if they made $400,000. Add to cart, add to cart, add to cart. Proceed to checkout, proceed to checkout. <laughs> Uh, if, 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 if they made 400 grand a year, they would spend 405 grand a year. Right. They're always in debt. It's because they have a lack of wisdom. The Bible says a fool spends all that he has, which means that there should be things you save, things that you have from your excess. You know what I mean? And so what good does it do to tithe and give if all of your money that your harvest that's coming in is going out the door frivolously and you're still in a place of, I've got nothing. I had a guy. This is a true story. I know a guy that has a guy that knows a guy. <laughs> I had a guy come into the church when I was working with my uncle, Pastor Terry <laughs> Shuttlesworth. Guy came into the church. He said, Pastor Ted, can you help me? I said, what do you need help with? He said, I have um, money issues. I've got no money every month. And I work three jobs. This is what the dude told me. He's like, I work three jobs. I've got no money. And I need you to help me with my finances. I said, well, let's, I said, come into the church and let's, let's look at it. He comes in. I got out. The spirit of my father came on me. I pulled out a yellow legal pad. Oh, not a napkin. 
Nope, a yellow legal pad. I pulled it out, got a pen. I said, let's first go through your income from these three jobs. We sat down, I wrote his income out. He was making pretty good money on three jobs, pretty good money. So we wrote it, there's all your money, okay. You tithe? Yes, I tithe. Okay, I subtracted the 10% from that money that he gets every single month. Okay, Um, on top of that, next, we went line by line. What's your rent cost you? Boom. What does your car payment cost you? Boom. What does your insurance cost you? Boom. Uh, We went through his bills. What are your utilities? We came to the end, and and then at the end, I was like, okay, I'm looking at your, uh, your excess now, all bills paid, tithes and offerings paid, everything's done. And I'm looking at the paper and I'm saying, I said to him, I'm looking right here. I'm seeing 2000 and some extra dollars unaccounted for that. You've got excess every month, two grand plus a month. That's just play with money, save money, do whatever you need money. I said, where's this money? And he got a blank look on his face. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Like shaggy. Tw- uh, hold on. 24 grand a year that you don't know where it is? You don't know where it went? You're telling me you got money problems when you've got all bills paid, tithes paid, offerings given, and you've got 24 grand a year that you don't know where it is? You don't have money problems. You've got stupid problems. I mean, it's just, it's just bo- bottom line. That's all oh, this brother does so harsh. You don't have money problems. You don't have money problems. It's wisdom. It's a self-control issue. Cause you know what's happening, right? What's happening is that money's just literally flying out the door and that's what happens. And I'm not being condemning to people that are, you know, that, that are they're facing that and they need to work on it. But what I'm saying is it's not the devil. Cause that's what they'll say. Devil's attacking my finances, brother Ted. Devil's just been attacking my finances. I need you to pray for me. It's the devil again. You don't need me to pray for you. <laughs> you don't need me to pray for you. You're already tithing. You're already giving. You're already working and being diligent. What needs to happen is not prayer. It's is self-control. Smart. Being smart. <laughs> I was like, dude, how in the world is this flying out the door? And you don't know. You have no recollection. It's self-control. It is what the Bible, what does the Bible say? And see, this is why you can clearly see why we're talking, that this is the most important fruit of the spirit. It governs everything in your life. Right. Everything. Self-control. Your health. Can your, clean your finance. up so many issues that people battle. Let's, let's deal with, let's deal with one other one before we pray. Relationships, marriages, relationships with family members. Let's deal with that because here's another, you, you touched on it earlier. Because you talked about how am I reacting to people when they talk to me? How am I interacting with my coworkers? How's my witness when I talk to my unsaved parents? How is it when I'm dealing with my children? How is it when I'm dealing with my spouse? There are marital issues. In fact, I was on this day. We were going to talk about this. Maybe we'll save it for another day. We were going to, but we changed to this because I felt the spirit on this today. But we were, we were dealing with this um, thought process about, Uh, reasons that people battle divorce. And one of them is this, they have stressful situations because of their incompatibility. So, so think about it. If I've got a problem, first of all, I believe the husband's the head of the home Bible teaches it and has the control to guide it into peace, joy, or not remove it out. I always look at myself first 
if there's problems in my home, if there's, if we're lacking peace, if there's some, some sort of, you know, and we never are, but if we ever got to the place where there was, you know, well, I feel like there's a lot of issues in my home. I'm going to look at me. What's the leader doing? What's the leader doing? Am I cultivating peace and joy or not? And so when I, one of the things you, you can say is this, I can't control how people treat me. I can control how I treat them. And one of the things you'll find is this, and I can deal with this in, in like a, a, in a, in a marriage relationship is this (laughs) is maybe there's something and I don't, I don't ever there. Everybody deals with something at some time, but what if there was a day that my wife was, uh, you know, just a little irritated about stuff that was going on or something that had happened, something somebody had said, something somebody had done. And so when she talks to me, that irritation, that, that irritation is still in her voice, still in her actions. She might be short, you know, f- vice versa. Maybe the same thing me to her. Okay. That can happen. But what, here's the question. Then am I going to be someone who reacts or somebody who acts with my own agenda? I can be the one who diffuses that with self-control and, and, and I, I can actually interact with my wife in such a way to diffuse that. I can be the one who brings peace back, joy back. Or I can get all bent out of shape. Why are you talking to me? I'm not the one that did that. Why are you talking to me like that? You need to get your attitude straight. And what's that happen? Now I've got another thing that I just sewed into her that's going to even make her more irritated, more tension, more lack of peace, more lack of joy. So what did I just do? Instead of acting with self-control and the other fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, and temperance or self-control understand instead of doing that that's what the bible says billion a soft and answer turneth away wrath no question instead of doing that what did i do i fueled the fire i fueled the fire of anxiety and issues and you know all of that and one of the things that you'll see happen you agree with me on this maybe i have to hear it first how many people have we had that we've talked to issues in the relationship because not only do they let things fester but then they hold it in their heart. Oh, next, tr- trust me. Next time he brings that up, I'm dropping this whole thing on him. Remember when you did this? It always happens. You know, I always laugh because everybody always wants the power. You know what I mean? The power. How am I? I'm trying to explain it. Like everyone the wants to hand. be the upper hand, the power. But when you really think about it, having the self-control and diffusing the situation, changing the tone you know, with anyone, your, your spouse, friendship, parents, you actually do have the upper hand by having the self-control. You have the power in that moment yeah. to say, listen, I don't know why they got on my case and it was wrong that they spoke to me like that, but how am I going to make this situation better? How am I going to create peace in the atmosphere? Yeah. How am I going to show love? It's not something that you answer one way and someone answers one way and then you go and heighten it by five levels. (laughs) That's right. Because it does, it does make things worse and last longer. And then always things are said between anyone that never should have been said. And can't be taken back. You get out of the spirit because you're not operating in the spirit at that moment and you speak fleshly. And so you have to understand that just because somebody says something a certain way, your self-control needs to kick in and realize, listen, 
I do have the upper hand right now. Yeah. I actually am in a leadership position right now to take this to a different direction. That's totally true. And that obviously that takes maturity and self-control. No question it's, about it. It's not easy. No. It's not easy at all. You know why? Your flesh wants to do the thing that makes it happen. Well, that's what the Bible that's says. It's warring between each other. And so be the person that's like, I've got this. I'm, I'm bigger. I've got this. My spirit man is going to win. And see the outcome. See how relaxed things is. Th see how it ends in a second. Right. That's one thing I appreciate about Ted of many things. But one thing is when we got married, <laughs> it was. Say it. Your hotness. Hey. <laughs> it was. He wasn't going to let things go on because I had the tendency. It's just, you know, you just sometimes girls are like this. You know, I, I need a minute. I need a minute. And it's really you don't need a minute. You're just hanging on to it. You're going in the other room and letting it go. Well, that's one thing he nipped in the bud early in our marriage was we're going to fix this now. And then that's the end of it. Solve it, it's done. We're done. We're not dragging this on. Do not, like, if you say sorry or I say sorry or however it's going to go down, that's going to be the end of it. That's the period on the right. the disagreement. That's the period on the, and it, we're not bringing it back up. We're resolving it. We're getting it over with. We will never go to bed mad at each other. We'll never, and we, we don't do that at all in all the years. Mm -hmm. It's always fixed before we go to bed if there was an issue. That's exactly. And so I appreciate and that you taught. And the Bible tells us to do that. Yeah, but I appreciate that you taught me to be that way because there's just not how I was at first. Well, and that, don't forget, the Bible instructs us, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So, you know, that's where it starts to fester. The longer We're mad a at each seed other. is planted in the ground, the roots take hold. It starts and it's to grow. ugly later and you have to work on killing the roots, changing this, doing that. It's yeah. like just take it out of the ground real right fast now. before anything gets watered, before anything gets said that keeps the roots to grow, before it grows into this ugly years of oh. uh, bitterness, How years of How it gets this. there, I don't even know. Yeah, so take it out real fast. It's like, you know... What a mistake to be to have a fight with each other and to get angry and say cutting remarks and then say, you know what, forget, I don't even feel like being in the same room with you. And then what happens? She goes to bed, slams the door. I, I'm sleeping on the couch. I don't care. And so I run out. I'm on the couch. We're, now we're separated. Now we go to bed angry. We wake up angry. It continues through that day. Little cutting remarks in the morning as we're getting ready for work and whatever. All those things. Cut it out immediately. And say, you know what? My flesh is not going to overtake me here. My spirit is a spirit of love. I actually have the love of God shed abroad in my heart. I have God's love imparted to me as a believer. I refuse to be that person who, who acts like that and lets things continue on. And let me tell you something. If you think that's a small thing, think of how many divorces have happened and breakups because people, I just can't deal with him anymore. I just cannot live. And then you go talking to your girlfriends or your guy friends. My wife's an idiot. I'm going to tell you something, man. She's a real battle axe. You know, whatever it might be. Girls, my husband, I cannot stand the way he is. I can't stand the way he talks. What happens? Then you build it up. It gets more in your mind. The more you speak it, 
The more it becomes your meditation, the more it becomes your meditation, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks even more. Now there's more fights with your husband and wife, and now you got all this stuff going on. Why? Because you didn't cut it out with self-control at the beginning and just simply obey the word. I mean, there's many, there's many things we could list. Oh yeah. Of self-control. Tons. I mean, you didn't even go over. Well, let me just read second Peter real quick. I just want to read second Peter. Definitely self-control. And if you go to first Corinthians 10 is the problem solver. It is. It is God's, it is, it is God's, uh, it's like his cleanup crew. Yeah. He (laughs) has given you the Holy spirit. He's given you the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, it's not just to work miracles. It's to control yourself, to control yourself. Think about how much Jesus controlled himself. Think about the fact that as the son of God, okay, first of all, if the Bible says that while he was on the cross, he could have called out and legions of angels could have come immediately and delivered him. Why could he not have done that through the rest of his life? When you got Pharisees plotting to kill him. Okay. You think you're going to plot to kill me? Angels come take them all out right now. You think Jesus didn't get angry? You better believe he got angry. He braided a whip and drove wicked men out of the temple, beat them. And, took and time dro- to make his own. He said, no other whip is yeah. better than the one I'm getting ready to Absolutely. make. I'm going to say, I'm going to make a custom made one and then I'm going to beat your butts. Yeah. So, you know, I want you to think about this. (laughs) Think about this. You have got a Jesus who was all man plus all God who had to control himself. I'm telling my kids that next time. You know what else? In the garden. I'm making my custom spanking (laughs) item. Jesus is in the garden and literally had to pray. Lord, (laughs) I don't want to go to the cross. Who would want to go to the cross? Who would want to be tortured? I don't want to go to the cross. I, my flesh doesn't want to be whipped and, and doesn't yeah, want to be beaten beyond recognition. that can be done. If, you, if there's any, let this cup pass for me. But if not, let your will be done. He had to put his flesh under, be self-controlled and say, I'll go to the cross for the sins of the world. He didn't want to do all that. He didn't want to be persecuted. Who wants to live through their whole life and be persecuted their whole life? He saw Nobody the bigger wants that. picture. And, and a it mature, was self-control. Mature Christians see the bigger picture. That's right. They get out of the... Uh, the now, the what's happening now, that instant gratification moment. He saw the bigger picture. If he went by the instant gratification, his flesh would have won. Listen to this. I want to read you 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 8. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and your virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. And self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for now. Now look at verse eight for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, or excuse me, Peter here is actually writing and saying, if you'll make these qualities, your qualities, love, self-control. It will literally keep you from being ineffective in the kingdom. So what's the flip-flop of that? If you don't make these qualities, your qualities, if you refuse self-control, if you refuse love, if you refuse uh, steadfastness, and if you refuse virtue and knowledge, guess what's going to happen? You will become 
ineffective. You'll have no impact. It will cancel you from being able to do things in the kingdom. Peter is giving us here the ingredients of effectiveness. In fact, I want you to put that in the comments, the ingredients of effectiveness. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, the ingredients of effectiveness. And if we don't do that, we will never be effective in the kingdom. If, if you're going to be effective, it's going to take self-control. And then to finish before we pray, here's the uplifting word uh, for anything you battle in life. C- uh, Carolyn has it in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Re- read that one for him. Uh, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. There's no way to claim, well, I couldn't help myself. Well, I just, there's just, right. there was just no way. I just, it was too much. God said, that's not true. There is no temptation, not one that he will not give you the power and the event hasn't already given you the power and the ability to overcome and be victorious in no temptation, no situation, no relationship, no problem that he has not provided a way out of that problem. And what's the way out? The power of the Holy ghost. Yep self-control. And that's the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the Bible says he's your guide. So guides give you a way out, a way to do things. So you, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be a lot harder to live the way God wants you to live. No question. You won't have the power. You'll only go, you'll hit a ceiling every time. Every you want single to bust time. through the ceiling, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. No question. You can't be guided if you don't have the tour guide. That's right. That's a great. You can't, put that in the comments. You can't be guided if you don't have the tour you guide. You cannot be guided if you don't have the tour guide. You'll literally wander aimlessly. He's whole the one. Christian walk. Jesus said it. When the spirit of truth has come, John 16, he will lead and guide you into all truth. You can't be guided if you don't have the guide. That's, that's so simple, the people who say they can't is they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not allowing the they're Holy not, Spirit or I mean they to are, guide them. Or they, they got filled and they're just not using them. I don't, I don't know, but and you let, can't, you, it's just a lame excuse and you can't use it. True. Let, let me break this down for anybody. I know, I know people question when you say things like this or when yeah. we make this distinction. Every Christian is has the Holy Spirit in them. Every, every Christian, not every Christian is baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I want to, I want to make these distinctions, but you can't even be saved without the Holy Spirit. Every Christian, this is the, the Bible teaches this. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit indwelling them, but not every Christian is baptized in his power in that experience we call the Pentecostal experience. What Jesus spoke of, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and then you'll be my witnesses. Not every Christian has that, but God wants them to. But every Christian is got the Holy Spirit living in them and can be led by the Spirit, can operate in the fruit of the Spirit. No question. Every single Christian. That means you can't listen to this broadcast or listen to this podcast today and, and think, well, that's not for me because I'm not filled with the Holy Ghost and I don't speak in tongues. No, the Bible teaches every Christian 
has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Yep. And that's the key. You must understand it. We all have this ability. There's no temptation. There's no thing that we could ever face that we don't have a way out that God provided. We have it. We can be victorious. We can always triumph in his name. He has given us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are victorious people in Jesus name. Amen. We're going to finish by praying because here's the thing. It's not that you need uh, to get these things. You already have the ability to do them. What we're going to pray is God convict me. God put the fire in my heart. God put me in position to lean on this, the word I'm leaning on the word, not on my flesh, I'm leaning on the word, not my human wisdom. What can I do? And here's what I'm going to ask the Lord. I'm going to ask the Lord to freshly convict every heart, every person. You might, I'm sure while we were preaching and teaching this today, you probably had finger by the Holy Ghost put on things in your life. Oh yeah, I, I talk to my husband that way. Oh yeah, I do that with my health. Oh yeah, I do that with my finances, whatever it might be. But I'm going to pray today that a fresh conviction of the Holy Ghost would come upon your life today to guide you to live unashamed for God and through his word. So and I want you to And when you feel that conviction, it. ask the Lord what it is. Mm -hmm. He's, he'll speak to you like we're speaking to you. No question. That's why people is always, you know, they're like, well, how do you know? How do you know? It's like he speaks in a regular voice. You'll feel it. You'll know what it is. You'll know what the words are. You'll, you'll hear it if you're just tapping into it and yeah, quiet and the, enough to listen. And, and here's the thing too, is that you don't have to be led to do things that he's already commanded you to do. Right. Remember that you don't have to be led to walk in love. Well, I wonder if he wants me to walk in love in this situation. He does. He told you to, well, I wonder if he wants me to use self-control in this situation. Yes, he does. It's in the word. So the basic things you already know are commanded. And then situationally, he'll lead you to minister to people. He'll lead you to go in and lay hands on somebody and to help somebody, deliver somebody. And our leading and guiding works with the written word. But let me pray for every person that's watching or listening today. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person watching or listening. Let today be the day that a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit, a convicting fire, comes upon our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, give us a desire to serve you at the greatest level, to make our lives pleasing unto you. I pray you'd strengthen us, as you already have, with a fresh strength, a fresh anointing to serve you and to control our flesh, control our minds, and to obey the written word of God. Lord, as we do, we thank you that our relationships are coming back alive. Our health is coming back alive. Our finances are coming back alive. The things that a lack of wisdom and a lack of control have destroyed, we're going to see increase in these final four months even of 2020, September through December, we will see violent increase and expedited favor. Now, Lord, I'm asking you that you would swiftly carry out your word upon your people. Lord, those that are watching that have been standing with us all year long and their confession has been violent increase, expedited favor from this day. Let it quickly ramp up from September through December. Let us see what you promised us in Jesus name. Lord, we take a minute to thank you for all of August and all of the first eight months of this year. Thank you 
for keeping us from sickness and disease. Thank you for keeping us from bankruptcy. Thank you for keeping us from divorce. Thank you for keeping us from every wicked thing that the devil sent to destroy us. Thank you for keeping us in perfect peace. Thank you for for keeping us in perfect joy. Thank you for what you have done. But now we want to say thank you for what you're about to do. As we cross over into a new month, nearing the end of this year, we thank you ahead of time because your word is always true. What you're about to do is going to be greater than what you have done. We expect that kind of increase to come upon us. We will be blessed. We are blessed in Jesus mighty name. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name. Somebody throw some fire in the comments and shout a loud amen wherever you're watching from. Thank you, Jesus. We declare it is done. In fact, don't just put some fire. I want you to put in there. I am increasing. I am increasing. Let it be your confession today. I am increasing. And while we're increasing, let me encourage you to sow a seed today by faith. Seed is the thing that calls the harvest in. Seed calls the harvest. You can't have harvest without seed. It's God's system. It's not a man-made system. It's God's. See, uh, the Bible says in Genesis 8:22, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and there'll be harvest. And so this is a new month, first day of the month. I want to encourage you right now to sow a seed by faith. Do you know, we've had a lot of people that have jumped in to stand with us on a monthly basis and partner. And I appreciate that. It's the answer to our prayers because we're going to do more than we've ever done, but God's going to do more in you than he's ever done. And so what is it today as you pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what is it the Lord's speaking to you to do on a monthly basis? I'm what we're believing for a thousand people to stand with us at $85 or more a month. Many are doing that already and much more, but maybe you're at the place to say, well, I'm not able yet to do. And we've had people say that I'm not able to stand with you yet at $85 a month, but I can stand with you at 50 a month. Do what the Lord tells you to do. It's not about what I tell you to do. It's about what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. And if you'll do that in faith and obedience, God will bless you for your faithful obedience. And so I want to encourage you to go to miracleword.com and you can click the give page and you can fill out the form and you can actually create an account, manage your giving, manage your frequency right from the website. If you're in the U.S., you can use Cash App or Venmo or PayPal. And even in the comments with Facebook or Twitter, you can always use hashtag donate, which you can't do on YouTube, by the way, but you can do it on Twitter, Periscope, or Facebook. And it's very easy to do. I'm blessed to be able to do this. For the month of September, we want to bless you, uh, those that are standing at $85 or more a month, with this book by our pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas, Speak to the Void. This is going to be our gift to those in the month of September that are sowing $85 or more for the month. This book is a must have. Yeah, his revelation on this. Powerful. Let me explain something to you about this book. He is speaking about, now think of this. Everything that you see that was created was created from things that are unseen. It's so good. (laughs) The Bible says that. The things that are seen were created from things that are unseen. You look and you say, well, this is a, a situation, uh, it looks like there's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. It almost, it only means there's nothing in the natural realm. There's never nothing in the supernatural realm. 
And the word of God is a creative force that when you learn how to speak to the void, you can create from the unseen something in the seen realm, something that wasn't there before will manifest. That's the power of speaking to the void. This book is a powerful revelation. He has done us uh, a, a favor and a blessing. He's even signed every one of these books uh, for you guys as a, as a way to say thank you. And we love and appreciate uh, Bishop Rick and Pastor Kathy Thomas. And uh, I'm excited to make that available. So everybody this month that are standing with us, $85 or more, that's our gift to you. Those that are sowing more, 1,000 or more, this is one of my favorite new resources to study the Word. The Life Application Study Bible, we even got it for you in a genuine leather, which is very hard to find. They don't sell them in stores for some reason anymore. But there are so many notes on the Bible, commentary, scriptural notes, profiles of people, timelines, uh, word studies. I mean, there's so much stuff in here to go deeper in the Word of God. It's a great reference. I think now it's so great. It's the number one selling study Bible in America now. And this, along with uh, my brand new book, Further Faster, in the hardcover limited edition, it's our gift to you for sowing $1,000 or more. And we say thank you to everybody doing that. Don't forget, for those that just logged on, it's a new month. Brand new Miracle Word mission for the kids in the month of September. Tell them a little bit more about it one more time before we do anything else. This month we're taking it time to teach your children on prayer, the importance of speaking to our Heavenly Father, the importance of uh, listing uh, not only prayer requests, but saying what we're thankful for for this month, uh, just to teach them that you you live in that state. I know that a lot of times we get a little more like, we're going to do this in the month of November. But honestly, it needs to be something that we do year round. Yeah daily and stay in that state of, of faith, uh, thankfulness as you know, that brings the blessing of God into your life. No when question. you stay in that part of thankfulness. So this we're going each week. I have a special, uh, paper to print out and it gives you a guidance on what we're going to pray for. So I have your kids writing out things within the, the week you know, that of the paper that you're doing each week in September, but also prayer points that I've attached that your children can look up and read. And then they take that scripture and apply it to their prayer, which then, then they can take the prayer and add to it. So it's important that you teach them to pray and go beyond, you know, thank you, Jesus, for my food. Amen. Right. Or thank you, Jesus, for a good night's sleep and health in my body. Amen. It's time that at any age that we get them to go deeper in prayer and say more to the Lord. Absolutely. So grab it. It's all free. MiracleWordKids.com. Fill out that little form. We'll email you everything you need. It doesn't cost a dime. All kinds of resources there for the kids. By the way, let me say this. I want you guys, if you haven't done so, check out the podcast. It, it's available on all major podcast platforms. And we have tons of tons of archived teaching on the podcast that you can listen to, uh, fully archived. Uh, and Tiffany, if we have that, we can throw it up. If the, the, the podcast is available on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, it's available on Spotify. It's available on all major platforms. And, uh, I wanted to, if you haven't subscribed yet and checked all that stuff out, subscribe and, uh, and grab it because I have a podcast too, but yeah, I don't get a graphic. You're getting a graphic. Father, we just ask you to give Carolyn a graphic. I knew how this for that was going to go. Hey, quick question. I knew it. Little, little thing between me and Carolyn here. 
I want to hear from those that are still on. What color is this jacket that I'm wearing? They're going to say with the lighting. Tell you, know, you already know what they're Put it in say. the comments. What color is this jacket that I'm wearing? Please put it in the comments section. We want to know. It doesn't count when there's it special counts. lighting on you. It's not special. It's just light showing the color of the jacket. No, because it looks different. No, it doesn't. On this screen, it looks different than what Maddie texted me. I don't think so. Orange. Okay, what else? Anybody else got any other answers? Red. There's two. Her book did sell more. Yeah, and I don't get any graphics. Red, I get nothing. He used me orange, to get this studio, and that was it. Reddish. That's not an answer. Reddish. Who else? Burnt orange. There we go. Pumpkin color, which is orange. Um, mostly oh, orange. Terry. Maybe it could be red. Terry wants to know what the secret Precious today is. Precious peach. Yeah, I saw that. Dark orange. Orange. The jacket's orange, folks. It's not red. My wife thinks it's red. Creamsicle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not orange though when you're in, standing next to you everybody in person has says it's red oh i like what preston preston's powerful answer i don't see color during this time preston power no so that's powerful correct that's so good and all you do that goes convicting actually that's a convicting word my cousin preston shuttlesworth brought a convicting word i don't see color at this time i received that well I receive everyone it. that works for you me jenna your Even daughter, my kids, apparently. Tiffany, have all said the jacket's red in person. <sighs> I'm Maddie's sorry. screaming from the back. It's red. It's red. Cause look, look. Wh Even Brooklyn, come here, Brooklyn. Come on, you're so pretty. I'm standing here in the middle. No, no, stand. Ooh, I got my mic. See, in the lighting, it does look like an orange. Yep. But it's completely it's red. red. It's red. Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah, but it kind of looks orange from there. I believe you. See? I love you. Jenna, I'll say orange if I can't, if I don't get fired this week. <laughs> so this same discussion happened over a pair of green shorts. Brown, according to my husband. That's a big jump between green and brown. If something's green or brown. Red and orange are at least next to each other on the colors on the color palette. Hey, um, Brooklyn. Uh, there's Brooklyn. She's a miracle word kid. She's beautiful. What ears do you have on cat ears? Are they cat ears? Get this oh, month's mission. Oh, it's a unicorn. Say, get this month's mission. Get this month's mission. <laughs> yep. She's got unicorn headband on. Um, <laughs> unicorn. Listen, uh, join us in one of these. Brooklyn, you look so pretty. Thank you. Jenna said that. I match Maddie. You guys matching today? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Listen, we want to see you guys in person this month. Anywhere we're going to be. Four meetings to choose from in September. Jump on the website, miracleword.com forward slash schedule and uh, find one that's, you know, easy for you to get to, whatever. Jump on a plane, jump in your car, come and join us. It's going to be great. I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with us today. Thanks for being a part of the ministry. We love you guys. We'll see you again in the morning as we go out. Can you please enjoy with us some believer size? Talking about self-control, you've got to control yourself, do some of this believer size exercise. You better end this broadcast because our son is eating 19 lollipops uh -oh. in the back while I'm doing the broadcast. 19 he knows, lollipops. He knows I can't like stop him. He just keeps sneaking over to the bag and then creeping back to his seat and he's like. Thanks, Derek. Love you, buddy. Just knows I can't say no. <laughs> I love it. We love you guys. Enjoy some believer size on the way out. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.